Hello, this is Pastor Bob Gray. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast here at Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. I trust the services will be a blessing to you. If I can do anything for you, please let me know. You can find our information on the website at ebclongview.com. Let's go right into the services of Emmanuel Baptist Church. Enjoy God's Word. Go to Galatians chapter 5 is where we're going to be, and we're going to talk, uh, teach out of Galatians chapter 5. And uh, we're working our way down the fruit of the Spirit. And uh, so here in Galatians chapter number 5. And just by way of review, and so let's go ahead and pray, and then we'll, we'll get started. Heavenly Father, we praise you uh, for all that you've done in our life. And God, right now, we're going to put ourselves before you. We're going to ask you to work in our hearts and our spirits with the Word of God. And Lord, do something amazing, do something wonderful. And give us that next thing that we need for our life. Bless now, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. The book of Galatians, uh, we're going to start in chapter 5, and, we were, and we're going to look at the fruit of the Spirit, which is down in verse number 22. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. We've worked our way through uh, love, joy, peace, and uh, then we were talking about long-suffering uh, last week. So if you would, back up in chapter 5 and then look at verse number 5. So for we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. So understand that the day you and I trusted Christ as our Savior, whatever day that was, we started waiting for this hope to show up. We don't know when it's going to show up. We don't know at what time Christ will appear. And we live in such a day and time to where people live reckless lives thinking out of sight, out of mind. The Lord is not going to come back in my lifetime. The second thing, I think we take advantage of eternal security to where we take our liberty in Christ and we use it as a license to do whatever we want to do. This is not Christianity. So while we're waiting here in, in verse number five, for we through the Spirit wait for the hope. So, so think in terms like this, the day you and I trusted Christ, we started waiting for him to come. While we're waiting, we're waiting for everybody else to trust Christ so that when he comes, there's the maximum number of people to have trust Christ. This is why we have missions. This is why we go out on Sunday afternoon and Saturday this is why we take once a month and we just say, hey, clear your calendar once a month and let's all show up and let's just have a concerted effort of getting God's word out because we want people. This is why that you and I should have tracks available and start passing those tracks out. We want the maximum number of people to trust Christ as their savior. Now, while we're waiting for his return, we are to wait through the spirit. You have the Holy Spirit on the inside. I have the Holy Spirit on the inside. So we are not to wait with our flesh dominating our day. We are to wait with the Spirit of God dominating our life. And, and, and when we're waiting in the Spirit, so as we walk through here, it is very easy. Look at verse 7. Ye did run well. Who did hinder you? That ye should not obey the truth. This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you a little leaven, leaveneth the whole lump. I have confidence in you through the Lord that ye will be none otherwise minded, but he that troubleth you shall bear his judgment whosoever he be. So it is easy, y'all. 
it is easy for us to let the flesh dominate and for us to kind of get off track. So what we're, what we're seeing here is, is that when the flesh gets off track, then it starts destroying relationships. And this is what Galatians chapter 5 is about. So if you would, look down, if you will, um, um, to, to uh, verse number 14. For all the laws fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one another, one of, one of another. This I say then, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the what? Lust of the flesh. You know what your flesh is lusting to do? It's lusting to be number one in every relationship. And it's lusting for everybody around you to see it your way, do it your way, become you, which would be a boring life. And then when we start biting, we devour, then that one word is consume. And if there is no relationship going on between you and your heavenly father, but you and the people around you, then if you'll look at verse number 17, for the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. So please don't think that your flesh and my flesh are better than anybody else's flesh, okay? If you and I do live a good moral life, it's because we had a good mom and dad and because you have Jesus Christ as your savior and because you go to church, and because you have the Bible, and because you have... So, so there are a lot of factors here, but understand, if you're not letting the Spirit come out through your flesh, and the Spirit has to be leading you in everything that you do, then you're going to find out the flesh is going to rise up, and the flesh is capable of doing verse 19, doing verse 20, and doing verse 21. At this point, this is when life gets messy. Because if you let the flesh go, it will commit adultery, it will commit fornication, it will commit uncleanness, it will co commit lasciviousness, it will commit idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation, wrath, strife, sedition, heresies, envying, murders, drunkenness, reveling, and God protected all the innocent and said, and such like. So the word of God is so good that all of a sudden we don't even know what the flesh is capable of. And by the way, we wouldn't even know that the flesh is capable to do certain things if we didn't have a news media that has transitioned from telling us about Aunt Mary that celebrated her 100th birthday all to all the depraved things. Can I just caution you? Reality TV is not always the best TV for you to watch. And what happens is, is that it's a Romans 1 type life if you're not careful because we can take pleasure in those who do such things. You, you know, isn't it sad that with our last president that we weren't even able to sit down with our children and watch an entire speech? This is the first presidency that you could not watch an entire speech. And what it has done is it made it, it's made it palatable for the flesh to revel. And that reveling right there and is, so the flesh is capable of this. So if you look at it, it says this, but the fruit of the spirit. So now we've been talking about this spirit that exists on the inside. So, so I want you to think about this. I am, I am 54 years of age. The 27th, don't whistle on that one. The 27th of this month, I will celebrate a spiritual birthday. I trusted Christ when I was 12. I 
March 27th, when I was 12, I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. Now, I have been waiting for the Lord's return. I've not always waited like I should have waited. There, there were a couple of years I waited more in the flesh. And as I'm saved, I'm going to heaven. But boy, let me tell you something. It is but by God's grace that this flesh didn't get involved in that kind of junk. And I don't say that because I think I'm better than anybody. I say that, praise God, I had a mama who said this, I'll kill you. <laughs> I had a mama that said, I know everything. One day she told me to do something. I'm walking out the front door, and, and I'm mouthing, mouthing up a street to her. And all of a sudden, it was like, she boxed the side of my ear. And I turned around, and I said, Mom. She said, don't you ever talk back to me. And I said, how, how did you know? She said, you dummy. There's a mirror right there, and I read backwards. On the way out, I'm giving her what for, thinking I'm getting one up on her. But let me tell you, the only reason this flesh, go to Revelation chapter 21 and verse number 8, and this is the reason, this is the whole reason that that was one of the reasons I, I trusted Christ because Ron Shirley stopped the class uh, there in Kankakee, Illinois at Faith Baptist Schools, and, uh, and he was saying, I don't know why I need to do this, but I need to ask you about your salvation. And when he read Revelation chapter 21 and verse 8, he said this, but the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters. He stopped right there and he said, now, those are bad people. I don't even know what half those words mean when I'm 12. But he said, those are bad people. How many of you committed those things? Well, I don't even know what half those things are. But then he said this, look at it, and all liars. He said, how many of you have lied? Oops. Yeah. I learned it from my sister, amen. And uh, shall have their part in the lake of fire, which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. He said, the only reason you've not done those things is you've not lived long enough to do those things. And if you live long enough to do those things, you can be so blinded by that lifestyle that you may never trust Christ. At that point, it was like, no, 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 no. I want to trust Christ. And at 12 years of age, I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. I go back to Galatians chapter 5. But I've not always waited with the Spirit taking control. And, and, and just understand what I'm about to tell you. Nobody's waited perfectly. Okay? So now let's look at the fruit of the Spirit. When you receive Jesus Christ, you have in you a nature that wants to come out. And when you let the Spirit of God lead, when you walk in the Spirit, there's, there's indicators of what's going to happen. When the Spirit is in charge of your life, look at it, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. So it starts with love. There's a reason why it starts with love, because this is not your love, this is not my love. Our love's conditional. Our love's reciprocal. Our love is not God's love. The Spirit of God is God. The Spirit of God is not a lesser God. So in other words, we don't, don't look at the Godhead as, oh, God the Father, he's number one. Then there's God the Son, he's kind of number two. And then, well, you know, God the Holy Spirit, he's just clean up batter. No, no, no. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They're all God. It's called the Godhead. And living on the inside of you and I is the God that created everything. So this power that exists, so this is not, so when you start saying, Spirit, 
I, I want you to take control. Then what you're going to find out is all these things start happening in your life. You, you don't pass love, then you get joy, then you get... No, everything's... And you become a different creature than what you have ever become. You now start waiting differently. You start waiting, having the ability to love like Christ loved. Then as you're loving like Christ loved, there is this built-in joy. It is the difference between attending a funeral for a lost person and attending a funeral for a saved person. These are two different ones. And as a pastor, doing a funeral service, sometimes they'll call and say, hey, Pastor, uh, we, we have a service. Can you come down and can you conduct the service? And at the, at the drop of a hat, you grab your Bible, you head down there. And one time in particular, I stepped in and I said, hey, you know, Marcus, what, what's, um, they're in the back room. I walked in the back room. They are fighting like cats and dogs. They are going after each other. And they're like, who are you? And I said, well, I'm the pastor. And they all started to calm down. And I said, can we pray? And they said, I'm not praying with him in the room. And I was like, okay, well, you go to that room. I'm with him. Y'all, they spread out to three different rooms. I had to go three different rooms to hold prayer. We got to the service and it's like, these people are mad. They're crying. They're upset. And it's like, where, where is this joy and this peace? You want to know why? Because they're not saved. They don't have Christ. So as they're waiting, they're waiting, responding. All the rights you've ever seen, see every time that man's will overspills and then he takes it out on society, you know what this is? This is man waiting. This is how man waits. Man does not wait well. But as saved people, we're just waiting for the Lord to come back. And when you and I start, start saying, no, I want the spirit of God, I want you alive in my life, then his spirit takes over your flesh and you start becoming this person that you love unconditionally. And all of a sudden it's like, yeah, yeah, I'll help you. I love you. When they don't love you back, it's like, well, that has nothing to do with my love. It has nothing to do with my love. And then there's just this joy that comes with it. It's, it's this, I don't know how to put it. It's the default setting for a Christian is, is always this. You ready? You can't explain it. Even when you go through a tough time and you start crying, you know where your default setting is? Have you ever been at the hospital or something traumatic as a believer surrounded by other believers and someone cracks a joke and then everybody starts laughing and the person getting ready to have surgery, serious surgery, they start laughing and they're like, would you stop it? I'm hurting. Or you come back after recovery and, and it's like, hey, tell another joke. That was funny. And it was like, no, you can't tell. I'm hurt. It's odd. I don't know. There's been a lot of times we've been here in this auditorium. I'm thinking about Miss Amy you know, meeting your friends sitting right back there uh, during the homegoing um, of, of your mama. And I have never laughed so hard in my life, but we're at a memorial service. Who laughs that hard at a memorial service? Believers do. And this is where you and I walk through difficult times, but because we have this spirit in us, then what happens is we have this love, we have this joy, we have this peace. Now, this is what we are on the inside. Now we come to the word long-suffering. And we talked about last week, and there in Galatians chapter 5, in verse number 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. The only way you and I are going to endure difficult times 
is if the Spirit is in control. The only way you make it through life's trials, and some of you, myself, all of us go through it. And when we go through it, waiting is difficult if the Spirit is not in control because you start getting anxious. You start coming up with solutions on your own. And when you have a family member that maybe it's just not right with them or, or you have a situation that's not right, if the flesh if the flesh is getting involved, you'll always make the wrong move. But this long suffering. So now let's look at suffering, the length of suffering, and understand God's nature always is to wait for things to work out, hoping they'll work out. We read last week how that God waited for 120 years. Listen to this. He waited at the building of the ark, not going, I hope they don't get right because that ark is only so big. No, no, no. God waited and the preacher of righteousness preached and God's heart is not destruction. God's heart is love for God so loved the world. And let me tell you something, where you and I are like, how are they getting away with it? And God, why are you blessing them? Let me tell you something. God's sitting here going, the goodness of God leadeth to repentance. And here in you and I, we take the opposite going, no, God, you need to judge them. Do you know, what's the Bible say? Pray for them which despitefully use you. The Bible says that you and I better take heed if we rejoice when our enemy falleth. There should be no party or celebration when somebody that is an enemy of yours or giving you, it should be no celebration when they break a leg, when their car breaks down, when their house burns down, when this happens. That's not Christianity. That's not Christianity. So now coming out of suffering. Look at the very next word. Would you look at it? Coming out of the long suffering. So love, joy, peace. This is who we are on the inside. Long suffering is what we have to go through with people. And this is why when you're, when the spirit is in control, you and I are okay. We're okay. We're okay. Because God's in control. And then gentleness. Do you, do you know what gentleness is? Gentle. Realizing we've just come through a rough time. And so the Spirit does not hastily the Spirit of God says, we've just been through a rough time. You see, when you're going through it, the Spirit of God doesn't go, oh, well, whatever, good rubbish, good ribbon, good, you know, you know just need to throw it, throw it, throw it. No, no, no. He doesn't act like a dad going down the road when he's mad, jerk it here, jerk it there, slam it there. Boom. The best creation they ever made in new houses are, are these, these cabinets that you, bam! And in, in a <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like y'all don't judge me. Miss Kelly's at home; she's not feeling very well right now, and and um, and uh, pray for her because she goes to the doctor next week, and she's got something going on, um, and uh, she's breaking down, people. <laughs> and uh, 
And, and, but the other day, Jake, don't judge me, but the other day, it was like, mm, boom. I was, I was like, this is gold. I was able to get my mat out, and she never heard it. I just opened up all the door, boom, boom, boom. And when I was done, and I was like, man, I felt good about that one right there. But let me tell you, you know the Spirit is leading you not by how well we can sing and preach and perform tricks, but when you're in the middle of it. How gentle are you? Because this is what he does. Now, the, 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 I'm preaching to you something that is like, I hate preaching these kind of sermons, but I'm okay preaching these kind of sermons because she's not sitting on the second row. Okay? And right now I'm really hoping the internet kind of shut down at the house and she has to go back and watch it when I'm not there. But would you take your Bibles, please, and, and would you go... <laughs> Would you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10? So gentleness is a result of suffering for a long time. Gentleness is a result of, of, of if I could put it, situations real quick. It's a husband coming alongside a wife after she's miscarried and being gentle and going, are you okay? Are you okay? It's, it's a dad coming alongside of a child that's at school and, and they have failed this test for the 10th time. And rather than going, you're just like your mother. Um, just kidding. Uh, failing for 10 times. It's, it's that parent that comes along and goes, you know, let, let, me, let, let me be gentle. Now, there are some misconceptions with gentleness, though. Have you ever heard of the saying, he's a gentle giant? Has ever heard of it? What they're saying is he doesn't realize his strength. And I hope he doesn't ever realize his strength. Because if he does, he's going to kill somebody. My mama used to call me the bull in the china shop. Because she said, Bob, you don't understand. You just can't fling your body everywhere because you're growing up, you're knocking stuff over. One time I put my rear end through a plate glass window because the door wouldn't open. Boom, open. Finally, I rear back, boom, and all of a sudden, the whole plate glass window broke, and I was standing with two bags of groceries, and my mama said, I tried to tell you. And I said, Mom, that's a weak piece of glass. <laughs> so you don't, you don't know how, how powerful you are. So the gentleness. So look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1. Gentleness does not mean that you have no conviction. So please don't, don't, don't think that being gentle means that you don't stand up for anything. Would you please look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1? Now, I, Paul, myself, beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in, present, who in presence am base among you, but being absent and bold towards you. But I beseech you that I may not be bold when I am present with that confidence, wherein I think to be bold against some which think of us as if we walk according to the flesh. There is something about the flesh demonstrating conviction, and we're, and we're going to look at a very telling verse here in just a moment, but I want you to think about this. There, there is something about when the flesh gets demonstrative. The flesh has to prove a point. This is what you call provoking in the Bible. 
When a father, and the Bible says two times, fathers provoke not your children to wrath. <clears throat> fathers provoke not your children to anger. It's used two times in the Bible. If you could imagine 12 o'clock, and there's a parenting principle, 12 o'clock is straight up, okay? This is correction. If your child gets off five degrees, and this is wrong, and you have to correct, then you correct the five degrees, but if you go past that to prove a point, that's provoking. Correction and discipline is for the sake of correcting not for the sake of proving a point. Uh, when I roofed for just a short time in, um, in, in college, um, one, one day Brother Brush said, hey, we need to replace this decking. And, um, and so I pounded the nail in right, and, and I, it was kind of sticking up. He said, drive that thing to where it's beneath the plywood. Get it, get it below the surface. And I was like, like, hit it two times past what it needs to be hit. And he was like, hit that thing. When I was driving that thing, and it, and, and, but that may be good for decking a roof, but that's not good parenting. And that's not the spirit because the spirit does not run. The Spirit says, and, and if you'll notice here, because Paul said, now I, Paul, beseech, my, I, I myself, blah, 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 2 Corinthians 10.1, now I, Paul, myself, beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. If you go back and you study Christ, he was not a weak man. Not a weak man at all. He was very gentle, but yet he was very bold. Do not think that being... Gentle means that you have no convictions. It means you don't wrap it in the wrath of man to state your convictions. Would you please go to James chapter 1 and verse 20? In James chapter 1, and this is the fruit of the Spirit. Because think the wonderful, this, this is the very first action that is demonstrative toward people around you. And this is why a husband must walk in the Spirit. Uh, a, a wife must walk in the Spirit. Uh, last night at the marriage makeover, um, we were talking about the fact when you go to fix a marriage, you don't fix a marriage by fixing a marriage. You fix a marriage by fixing your Christianity. Because once you fix your Christianity, Christ fixes your marriage. So always know this, that when the Spirit is, is when, the, when you're walking in the Spirit, for whatever reason, you have this uncanny ability to love regardless of what they do with it, you have this joy, you're at peace, and when there's this suffering time, you have this ability, I'm just going to walk through the suffering time with you. It's just a season, that's all it is. But you come out on the other end being gentle. James chapter 1 and verse 20, For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. We want God to fix things. And God wants to use you and I. It does not mean, do you know, as, as a husband, as a father, as a grandfather, as a pastor, as a chancellor, as an administrator, as a boss, I wish I walked in the Spirit all the time. And those times I don't walk in the Spirit, and I say, bless God, we're putting that to the side, and I'm going to tell you, it never works out. The truest test, I think, for me as a chancellor, 
is do I have the moxie to administer what the rules say for our institutions with the Spirit of God? Can we salvage the patient while we take out the gallbladder? I'm a great surgeon. Good. How many of your patients survived the surgery? Oh, I got this parenting thing down. Good. How many of your children have survived? And, and I don't mean they're perfect. I just mean this, that at the end of the day, gentleness does not mean weakness. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. There's a sister word uh, to, to gentleness in the scriptures, and it's kind of the uh, synonym for this, and it's the word kindness. But you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and we have about 10 minutes. So when you're walking in the Spirit, please know this. When you say, God, I want you alive in my life, how do you know that this is happening? You know this is happening because all of a sudden you love, there's joy, there's peace, and then the difficulties come. While you're waiting, how do you handle the difficult times through the Spirit? 1 Corinthians 13, 4. Charity suffereth what? Long and is what? Kind. Charity envieth not, or this God love. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. Charity suffereth long and is what? Kind. Go to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32. <clears throat> Excuse me. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32. How many are tired of the weather going up and down, up and down? Okay. How many wish it'd stay cold? Okay. Okay, there you go. Move up north. All right, so here we go. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. And be ye what, please? Kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. When the Spirit of God is there, there is this gentleness, there is this kindness when dealing with other people. Because here's what you're after. You're after God to do something. And if I get in the way of God, it just delays this process. It just does. Again, it does not mean that you don't have to take a stand, and, and, and I'm, I'm not for passive parenting. I'm not for passiveness, but I will tell you this. A lot of things that we think we have to stand up to really are only our agenda rather than, I'm ready to defend my wife, okay? I've got guns. Can I just declare that? If you're watching online, don't come to my house and try to break in. I got guns. Okay, I'll shoot you, and then I won't even care. But I don't walk around going, you want me to shoot you? I'm ready to shoot you? Not you. Come to my house, break in, I will shoot you. With pleasure, I will shoot you, drag you in, shoot you again, drag you out, shoot you out there. I'll shoot you everywhere in that property, and they'll have to find out where did he kill him at. Not my fault. I'm a pastor. I shot him, resurrected, shot him, resurrected, shot him, resurrected, shot him, resurrected. Not my fault he kept getting up with the power of Bob. And so understand, but I don't walk around going, I got a gun. Want me to shoot you? No, no, no. I am prepared. But I truly think that the Christian life is so lived with this chip on our shoulder that we walk around hoping somebody will challenge us. Challenge what I believe because I'm ready to answer every man the hope that it lieth within me. That hope that lieth within you is 
predicated on this. For God so loved the world that he gave. I was sitting in a Starbucks. I know you're shocked. And, and, I'm, and I'm reading the Bible. I was proud of myself. This Muslim, I'm reading the Bible. This Muslim has the Quran. And this Muslim looks at this person that's looking at me reading the Bible. This guy has the Quran. And all of the sudden, this guy said, which one's better? Did he just ask that? And this, I don't know what you call these people, all right? I don't, I don't know what you call this guy over here, but he's got the Quran. He's dressed like he's got the Quran. And, and I said, um, well, sir, are, are you a Muslim? And he goes, no. I said, then that Quran calls you an infidel, and that book says you must die. And I just looked at him. I said, isn't that right, sir? He goes, well, it doesn't, it doesn't really. And you're, no, no, no. I said, no, 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 sir, sir, sir. Does not your book call me an infidel? I don't believe in Allah. Allah, I don't believe in that. That's when I had the gloves off and I had to put them back on. Y'all, listen to this. It doesn't mean that you roll over and play dead. It just means this. I stand firm on what I believe. And I don't mind telling you straight up what I believe. And I'm not backing down from it. And I don't believe it because you don't believe it. And I don't believe it because you get mad that I don't believe it. This is what I believe. I believe Christians shouldn't drink. I don't believe in moderate Christian drinking. Y'all, I just don't believe it. I don't believe a Christian should go to the boats and gamble. Unless you win. No, okay. I don't believe you can go to the boats and gamble. I, I don't believe a man and a woman should be alone in a vehicle if they're not married or related. And I had to break it to my children long ago. Your mom and I are just married. We're not related. So, so understand that there is this belief system, but when somebody, when somebody asks me and they start getting mad, it's like, there's no reason for me to get mad. I think a man marries a woman, and I think that man marrying a man is abomination to God. You're judging me. I think the book did that before I ever got to you. Do you know the transgender statement that we passed? Cost us a family joining. And do you know what I said? Well, I'm glad we passed it before you joined because we would have issues. Y'all, look at me. Being gentle through the Spirit doesn't... <laughs> it, 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 I don't have to do nothing because I have to get out of the Spirit's way. You know who the bigger convictor is? God's the bigger convictor. God. God. Man, one time my, my dad, I, I did something which is none of your business, and, uh, and, and my dad whipped me, right? My dad whipped me, and then he said, now you sit there and pray to God and tell him what you did. And I was like, but God already knows what I did. Why do I have to talk to him? 
And he goes, because I want you to talk. Do you know, sitting there, that was terrible. Whip me again. Because when you get out of the way, we want a permanent change, but the Spirit of God does this. Can I ask you a question? How much junk has the Spirit of God put up with you? How much has he put up with you? And how many times have you been convicted when nobody said a word and you were like, ugh, what in the world? But how many of us, when somebody got mad, we were justified and we never got right? There are still people that are not right with God, not because the preacher didn't say it right, but because the preacher got in the flesh. And all of a sudden they felt justified. See, he's he's not in the spirit. Hey, whether I say, are you ready? Long hair's wrong on men. Or I say, if you have long hair, truth is truth. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the podcast of the sermons from Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. We trust that the sermons and God's word was a blessing to you and yours. Please visit us at ebclongview.com. If we can do anything for you, please let us know. Have a great day.